All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rocket. You describe the rocket, sir. What up, everyone? DJ Anubis. And DJ Neko. Episode 103 of the Hordes of Chaos on the Metal Town Radio Podcast. Neko, how the fuck are you? A little sore. Yeah. Uh, I had some oral surgery <laughs> yesterday, or the day before. Not yeah. the good kind. Yeah, not the good kind. Um, it's a tooth that I have been dealing with for like three years. I've and then I'm like, just take it out because it ended up cracking underneath my crown and it had to be removed in pieces. And when they did it, it didn't hurt so bad. That's because I was numb the fuck up. But like, as the Novocaine wore off, I was like, wow, they were, because re- he was really in there like digging around and, and I was like, well, I was surprised how fast that the oral surgeon got it out. And then the girl ne- who was his assistant was like, he's usually faster, but, you know, since yours was so complicated, it, it took a little while longer. Like, she was, like, holding my jaw still, and he's, like, yanking with these, like, fucking pliers, like, shit that I use at work. So he's basically putting his foot up on the thing. Yeah! <laughs> and then, I, of course, because I'm disgusting and I love gross things, I'm like, can I see my tooth? And the the doctor laughs. He's like... like which piece? He's like, there's... It's Because he had to take it out little piece, but there was like two big grooves. Well, right, because as he's trying to yeah, add, it's, it's like breaking. It's, yeah, because it was cracked. So right. he, he had to take it out piece by piece. Getting the crown off was really tough because it's a brand new crown. And I don't know if anybody's ever had a crown before, but they put that shit in there the last. Like... Yeah, I think the thing is, uh, you had been trying to do it the right way by putting a crown on everything, but then... Two root canals and two failed uh, crowns. But even then, like, the infections, because you were out on a boat when it started getting infected, mm-hmm. which made you feel ill. And that's tough, because you're way the fuck out of nowhere. It's like, you're not even near a fucking dentist at that point. Mm-hmm. So all they could do... And then, wasn't you had to wait for medication for a period of time? Well, the, what happened is because... A lot of time, the medics that are on our ship are not actual doctors. They're either nurses or they're like um, 
field medics from the military. And what ended up happening was the nurse, she, you know, she took pictures of everything and I'm telling her what's going on. And this is before I was really swollen, but the infection like went into my throat and my salivary glands and it happened really fast. So when I first started getting, I, I started off with a really bad headache. And this is like two years ago when this started, right. you know, I'm out on the ship. I had a really bad headache and I um, just... I laid down, took some Excedrin, and it wouldn't go away. And then my throat started bothering me, so I, I went to the nurse and I said, "Listen, I I feel like I'm getting a, a cold or something because I've been having a really bad headache, and then my throat is sore." And she, and you, were, you were dealing with swelling too. Mm -hmm. for some reason. So, well, this is before it's, the swelling got so big. So she looked at my throat and she said, "Yeah, you definitely look like you have an infection in your tonsils." And then the next day, I woke up; it was so swollen I couldn't open my mouth. And it looked like I had a lump in my, like, on the side of my, it was, it's so hard to describe without, like, looking, but I looked like a hamster, basically, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just, whew, on one side, and that started this whole process where I had, I went through root canals, I went through new crowns, I, and then finally, you know, I went in, we went in for our, you know, just cleaning and checkup, and the doctor was like, how's tooth number 19? I'm like, well, <laughs> starting to be a little tender again, and he looks at it, and he's like, I think you should see the oral surgeon, and finally I got in, because this has been, you know, a couple of months, and Christmas, and COVID, and it's really hard to get an appointment, and because it wasn't an emergency, emergency, I was, like, fine with it, but... I finally got it taken care of two days ago, and at first I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. I'm like zipping around, and Novocaine wears off, and I'm like, oh, it's a little tender, but then like yesterday, I'm like, this is awful, and it was making me feel awful, and I did, the doctor did give me some really strong pain medicine, but I'm, I'm really kind of afraid to take it because I don't want to sleep, because that's normally what pain medicine, when I had my surgery... I took pain medicine for a couple of days and all I did was sleep. And they're like, oh, it's good that you sleep because you're healing. But I'm like... No, yeah, it's good, I but you do don't want to do it 24-7. Yeah, so, and I did sleep really well on yesterday for hours. And then I took some medicine today and I'm it, the swelling has gone down a lot. I still can't open my mouth all the way. and But it, it's been, you know, because it was one of my molars all the way in the back so it was a very large tooth and the roots were very deep and I keep freaking out because I keep looking at it like am I am I cleaning it enough am I rinsing enough and um they they tell you you know you're not supposed to use a straw you're not supposed to spit you're not to and it takes about seven to ten days for like it to start closing up and I'm like oh my god so I'm just being a little freak I've been just eating soft stuff like eggs and yogurt and soup and I'm not going to even try to chew a lot because I don't want any kind of particles to get stuck down there because I'm not really brushing in that area because I don't want to like accidentally make the clot go away and then I'm going to get a dry socket and then I'm really going to be sorry. <laughs> so tooth issues aside, uh, we've been, we got a lot to get to today. Oh, we we've have, been watching a lot of good shit, haven't we? Yeah, we, well we have our, our debut this week of our, what we call right now, the Retro DVD Movie Vault, which... After talking or thinking about it, um, we're going to stick with stuff that's in our DVD collection. So even if it's like one of the movies you said you wanted to watch, we have to see if we have it on DVD+. Plus. 
We have it on VHS. Right, so we I, may I have we to do. order it at some point, but we have uh, plenty to choose from in our collection anyway, so we'll figure out what you're going to do next week because that will be your choice. My choice this week was Replacement Killers. We watched that the other day. Neko had never seen it, so uh, it's pretty cool that she got a chance to check it out. I enjoyed it. Um, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, la- uh, last night, Joe Bob Briggs' drive-in was back up, the last drive-in, and he was doing a Valentine's Day special. Had a couple movies. Uh, Love Witch being one of them, but we weren't as impressed with that. Even for me, trying to go to second round with it, I just couldn't get into it. However, the first movie... Uh, I'd seen part of it. Nick had seen none of it, but we both came out really loving it. Uh, Tammy and the T-Rex, so that's going to be coming up. As well as another movie we watched on Shudder, I think it was, or maybe it was Amazon Prime, I can't remember. It's called After Midnight. Uh, Both have kind of like a romantic feel about the movie, so... Obviously, it works for the whole Valentine's Day Happy thing. Happy Valentine's so. Day! You know, the one thing that we wanted to do was order some steamed crabs, but I'm not, I'm not in any I, shape to do yeah, that. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe we'll do it next weekend after I heal up a little bit. Uh, we got other stuff about Larry Flint, uh, the Gorilla Glue Girl, and much, much more. A lot of new music coming your way. Uh, a lot of the promotional uh, sites: Grand Sounds, Inverse, uh, Metal Devastation Radio. Uh, have sent me a bunch of stuff that I've got to be playing in this uh, episode for you all. Uh, I got a quick note because everyone knows I'm a big werewolf guy. Oh, yeah? So there's like a little bit of trivia when we're talking about American Wolf in London. Uh, the star of the movie, David Naughton, uh, they said he his transformation scene took six days to complete. That was that one section where he's on the floor in the middle of the living room and he's transforming. It's one of the best on-screen transformations ever. And that was all done by makeup and special effects. Right. Uh, roughly 10 hours a day spent on applying the makeup, 5 hours on set, and 3 hours of makeup removal. Because the makeup took so long to apply and remove, there was only enough time for one setup a day. Oh, my. Uh, the snout protrusion was last shot to be filmed, and it did not include none but an animatronic head. Uh, but here's, here's the interesting thing. Not then known as Dr. Pepper star of I'm a Pepper commercials was let go by Dr. Pepper because of the nude scenes in the film. Uh, Nutton spends 40% of the movie nude. After filming was completed, the whole crew danced in a circle around Nutton, who was still in werewolf costume makeup on the floor, singing, I'm a werewolf, you're a werewolf, wouldn't you like to be a werewolf too? Uh, <laughs> as a throwback to his days as a pitchman for those commercials. Director John Landis had to avoid filming any full frontal nudity of Naughton during the transformation scenes and dream sequences after Naughton informed Landis that he was not circumcised, even though his role, David Kessler, was written as being Jewish. Oh, my. So I thought that was kind of funny. Now, also, uh, as we're watching the Joe Bob Briggs thing, uh, Neko comes across this fucking video on the, on, on, on the web of a lawyer who is talking with a judge via Zoom. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's the funniest fucking thing ever. So if you just Google uh, Texas lawyer accidentally leaves the cat filter on, <laughs> I have no, we laughed about it for how long last it's night? Like we a, couldn't oh, stop. 30 minutes, easily. He was, it, he's like, I'm not really a cat. <laughs> <laughs> the guy talked was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the guy who wasn't, like, it was three, it was a judge, the attorney, and I'm guessing another attorney, and the attorney that was up in the, up top right, you could tell he was wanted to laugh, He but... wanted to bust out. 
But the, the thing is, like, it's so much more funny because when you're watching this thing, the guy with the filter on, the cat is mimicking his voice, like his mouth movements. Yeah, the cat's mouth is moving. Plus, like, it, I'm sure the guy is looking at his, like, buttons to see, figure out how he can turn the filter off, but the eyes of the cat are adjusting to what he's looking at. Yeah, he's like, oh, my assistant is uh, trying to help me. <laughs> so the oh eyes are God. darting downward, like he's trying to, like, figure it out, and it's the funniest thing. You have to pull it up and look at it. Um, I'm going to play you the sound bite from that. It's all about a minute and something, but it's funny. Please look it up if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, I'm surprised, but I... I was just scrolling through Reddit and I saw this and I just, I'm like, pause what we were watching. I said, you have to pause. You have to watch this. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, in our first block of music, to kick everything off, I've got some new stuff from Trapped in Purgatory, Raspatory. Got some classic dead on kicking it off. I'm going to play you this little clip that we just talked about. It doesn't do it justice. You have to watch the video, but the soundbite itself is pretty hilarious to listen to. So here we go. I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh, uh, take, take we're a trying look. to. We're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's. I'm here live. That's not. I'm not a cat. I can I can see that. Um, I think if you click the up arrow next to this, Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh,
Urban Jambo from Carve Lives, and you're listening to the Heart of Chaos, only on Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, we are back. Back in black. You always go that right. I know. You I always love, do that. I love ACDC so much, and what kills me is I never, ever got to see them. Ever! Yeah, eventually. Maybe. Maybe. If they die first or we die first. I mean, first. but they've already had, you know, people, people die. die. Yeah. A lot of people. But. Yeah, I'm not sure how much touring to do. Like, I know they're working on new shit. Like, they got a new record, I think. Yeah, they just put out a new record, which is really fucking good. I don't know if they're actually going to tour for it. Uh, I'm sure they might do some dates. But, you know, when you get up in that age, it's hard to do the type of touring they were so used to doing back in their younger days. It's just we, I mean, we were just kind of talking about this with my traveling. Um, you know, I... As you get older and things change in life, and I am not going to be able to travel for a while, and I'm, I'm kind of, like, taking a different job for a while while we deal with my mom's illness. Um, you can't really, like you don't want to put that kind of strain on your life. I mean, look at how like King Diamond, for many years, he was trying to tour, but then he his back and his heart and you and I, it took how many years before he finally w- felt well enough to tour, but he did a very small tour, and then he took off time again, and then he did another very small tour. It, and I, you know, ACDC, they know that they could fill fucking amphitheaters they mm-hmm. they're they will fill a, an entire stadium because they know that they, everybody well, the funny thing is even when axel rose was filming and apparently they were still selling out stadiums so it's like it works better if you're a name brand band like you know we've seen metallica go through lineup changes you know king diamond as you said been hurt uh ozzy hasn't always been the grace of health i we've missed out a couple times in the past and that was like when he was even 20 years younger than he is now Mm -hmm. so the reality is uh as much as these guys love to perform your body doesn't always react the same way and i mean i I can't imagine any of these guys really drink or do recreational drugs the way they used to like i just can't imagine it because you're just dude your body just can't recoup like that and you just can't it like traveling is a young person's game and I'm not even a young person I actually love traveling that was one thing that everybody in my group just thought I was a psychopath and they're like oh you'll eventually hate it and no I still love traveling even if it's for work I love packing my suitcase I like getting on the (laughs) plane they're like oh you haven't had a really long uh uh airplane ride I was like I flew to fucking Taiwan that's really I was like yeah, yeah, I, that I don't that know. was two long airplane rides. I like, don't think I could even handle that much. Like even when you were like, "Hey, you need to come out here," I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Like I want to," but like I just like zap me over there. I was trying. Well, the Hawaii one, I was really trying because we were going to be in port for like six days, and I'm like, "It's no big deal. You just fly to California, and that's like <laughs> five hours, and then fly to Hawaii, and that's like six hours." And you're like. Yeah, no. And I'm like, but it's no big deal. And, oh, it's so beautiful. No big deal. And I was like, oh, I can totally get you a hotel. And you're like, yeah, I'll pass. Well, and, the- and at the time, we used to have this benefit at work where if they knew that you were going to be out longer than 90 days, that they They'd would pay they for would it. pay for the flight. And my boss came to me and asked if my husband wanted to come to Hawaii for five days. And I'm like, 
Yeah, he said no thanks, and he's like, what? Well, it's a couple things. Uh, One is, like, I still have responsibilities here. We have we have animals, and I have to make sure that I have planned out for them because wherever I go, if she's already out, uh, boredom. I, yeah, I'd have to make sure that they were taken care of, no issues. Uh, work, obviously. I mean, granted, I don't work as much as I used to um, for specific reasons due to everything that's going on in her personal life and her job. Well, when I her. first started my new job, and I, I knew I'd be traveling six months out of the year, and he his work hours are way different than mine. I'm like, I don't want you working 50 hours a week. And, and now that you got COVID, it's like even worse. Yeah. It's still... I have to try to get back on my schedule right now, and it's kind of pain to have to do that. I think some of it, though, judging by what I'm reading, is the last couple of weeks we've had some bad weather building up, and it's making the roads nasty, so I think the routes are being cut a little bit more. Uh, I've already noticed today two people have no work, so I don't know if it's partly due to that or not, but I think... It just goes... It's a whole separate issue where they just kind of forget about me when I'm off the schedule, so they just reload up everything as, like, an automatic reload instead of, like, saying, oh, yeah, James needs to be back on the schedule, so... Well, I, I've said this to some of my um, my co-workers. I said, you know, I needed him to be available to me when I came home, so I was like, you can go part-time, and I'm okay with that since we can afford it because I did not want to come home and never see you. That was my biggest thing is, like, I don't want to never see you. And it's it's kind of always worked out that we we made the most of our time at home with, you know, each other and our family and, um, you know, as much as we could. So and now, we're anyway, we're getting sad. It's what we do. <laughs> it's Any, what we do. Anyhow, what we, what we want to talk about now are some of these amazing movies that are kind of like our Valentine's Day theme since Valentine's Day is this weekend. Um... Yeah, one of them wasn't really by intention, but after you've watched it and read about it... You're like, yeah, it's kind of Valentine's-y. Right, you kind of get the sense that that's how it's being described, but it's... We have two movies. Uh, first one was from 94, Tammy and the T-Rex. Probably none of you have heard it, or at least most of you. Uh, this is an interesting movie for a number of reasons. One, it features two young stars. One of them, unfortunately, is gone from us now with Paul Walker. The other one is Denise Richards right before she ended up doing Starship Troopers. And uh, synopsis of the plot is basically uh, Denise's character and Paul's character are just now starting to become like a couple from high school. And But Denise has a former boyfriend who's like the local area punk or whatever. And he's buddy he had like a with, gang yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's kind of, it's almost like the Wraith in a way, but not quite as violent. Like, there was still some violence, but not on that level as the Wraith. But, uh, so, basically what happens is, uh, ex-boyfriend chases Paul around from his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend's house, Denise Richards' house, one night, and, uh, they corner him in this, like, uh, animal reserve, reservation area, mm-hmm. um, where there's a lion roaming around, and so they leave Paul to his defenses there as the lion attacks him, but some uh, park ranger comes, kills the lion. Uh, Paul is saved, but he's kind of like in his coma. So then on a side note, we have this, like, doctor who... He's a does, mad scientist! Right. But he's actually pretty, uh, 
respected because they called him in. Right. But then dude walks in smoking a cigarette, <laughs> and then he, the other doctor comes in, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take that for you. I'm like, smoking in a hospital. And then we have another character who played Isaac in Children of the Corn. He's he's a, kind of like this genius who's created this animatronic uh, T-Rex. And so the doctor's mad idea is he wants to take, like, a brain and put it into the T-Rex so that you don't have to... Doesn't have to be controlled by the machine itself. It can be self-controlling, like so, a, a like a Franken T Rex. Right, exactly. So, the course they go, they uh, find Paul in the hospital because the other doctor is asking his input and what they could do. So they, there's this whole scenario where they pretend that Paul has died and they, like yeah, pretend he flatlined. Right, they're like, oh, he's dead. Let's go. We get. Yeah, and he's like, live, damn it, live. live. And he's like, well. That's it. He's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. And all they did was unplug his little heart monitor. So they take him. They do the surgery. They take his brain out. They put him in the T-Rex. And all this time, Janice Richards' character thinks that he has passed away in the hospital. So then what happens is uh, Wonder Boy Isaac uh, from Children of the Corn, he's decided that he's going to... They're going to put the, brain, uh, put the body back together and put... Uh, Paul Walker's body back into the morgue so that they don't notice he's missing. Of course, they want to bury him. But uh, Walker's brain, now in the dinosaur, starts to realize that, oh shit, what have they done to me? So he comes alive and he's doing his shit and he starts chomping and killing people. Yeah, he uh, sees his body. Right. And so then he's on the hunt and he's going to go find his girlfriend. And of course, he comes across a big party where uh, all those idiot uh, ex-boyfriend and his gang are there so he starts knocking them off one by one and then the rest of the movie just is basically uh, this chase from the cops to try to find the dinosaur but of course Denise Richards character along with her gay black friend of course there had to be a gay black friend yeah uh, so they're, they're trying to protect him because they've now realized that you know the dinosaur is not hurting them uh, at one point uh the dinosaur kidnaps Denise from her bedroom, and when she comes back, here's a comment by the doctor who's spying on him because he wants to find the dinosaur. He's like, oh, she's seeing him. Look at the way she's walking. Yeah, oh my god. And so, the uh, impression is that maybe she had sex with the dinosaur. Yeah, dinosaur, uh... Bestiality. Oh my god. But, uh, it, it's really comical, and, and here's the thing, like, it's, it's purposely bad but we there's a difference between bad movies and just very good bad movies and this is what we would consider a very good bad very movie. good i like i watched it usually i don't watch movies like she was hooked within like the first five minutes and i know when that happens it's it's all good from there normally i'm like eh, eh. she's like and i'll is, look at my car what are we watching <laughs> but this i was like how have I never seen this? It's from 94. It's It's got all the crap that I like, all the nonsense. And now, the interesting thing is, and we both learned this last night, is that the movie, when it was initially released, was released as PG-13. It had cut out a lot of gore because it was deemed to be... It was supposed to be a family movie. It was supposed to be, like, fun and... Yeah. It was a rom-com, basically. Yeah. But basically, uh, when it was on Joe Bob's Briggs and Shudder... They reinstalled all the, the horror. There the was horror. only one. I didn't. They say the Italian cut or whatever was left. Yeah. So they only had one film that survived. And so the one that we watched last night on the Joe Bob show was the first time it had been aired, basically. 
Yeah, so uh, it's very entertaining. Um, I give it two thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, look, if if you're like us and you like B-rated type movies, this is right up your alley, no doubt about it. Now, going to our, our second movie, this is a little bit more serious take, but it's a little bit more based on interpretation as well as uh, a little bit more mind think or thinking. You know, you, you think about it a little bit more because the way you interpret certain things of how things are going, is it literal, is it not? Uh, is this really happening or is it not happening? Like, we deal with this guy named um, Hank, played by Jeremy Gardner, who had been dating a girl for, uh, his girlfriend for 10 years. Abby. Abby, played by Bria Grant. And one day she just up and leaves. and She, she leaves, leaves like a little note yeah, saying, she, I'll be back. I'm yeah, going to my reunion kind of thing. Well, she didn't even say where she was going. That was the thing that kind of bothered him. Uh, he figured that she had gone back to Florida where her ex-boyfriend was. Well, th- they lived in Florida and... Um, I didn't think they lived in Florida. They lived in Central Florida. Okay, so... And she went to Miami for some kind of reunion, I think for college or something. So, she uh, she left and didn't really give him kind of like any indication and he just kind of figured that's where she was going yeah so but he was really heartbroken and what happens is after she leaves he starts dealing with this menacing creature that is attacking his home trying to get in and so he's got his shotgun he's an avid hunter so he's got his shotgun and the house looks trashy this is one thing that neko was picking up on is how much time has passed since the girl left till when he's fighting this creature because at one point, you get a lot of flashbacks about their love life, their romance. And you look at the house, and it's in, in nicely in order and Repainted, painted yeah. and stuff. And then when you look, come to like current time, it's like fucked up. Like, yeah. but it turned out only to be like four weeks or something. It right. wasn't really long, but yeah, it kind of it gives us impression like it's a kind of longer, but it really isn't. But I also think that represents him spiraling out because he was, like, trying to kill that thing and the door was all fucked up. And then, at the end, when he gives his little speech, when she finally comes back to, like, yeah, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be, like, fixing this place up. And you're right. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do that. And, and, um... You kind of realize that this house is very old, and they're they're winemakers. They have a vineyard, and he's like, "I'm never gonna fix this house up." So yeah, you're right. Let's just fucking go. And then shit hits the fan. Yeah, what we learn is like a lot of this movie based really on his ability to a, a deal with the fact that she's no longer there. Like he he can't figure out. He, he, throughout the movie, he's trying to dissect why the relationship fell apart, why they were having issues. Uh, and it gets a little confusing because she does end up coming back. And at first, we're kind of like, is this a past memory or is this current memory? <laughs> so it does. it is current because she comes back and then they, they finally kind of hash it out about you know her being a little bit more wanting to explore and try different things in life um, as far as like seeing other places and... Even though she really likes him and cares about him, and even actually loves him, uh, he never kind of pushed anything further beyond the boyfriend-girlfriend thing. Plus, he always seemed more content to be there, which is fine because, you know, that that's his home. That's where he's from. But I think his ultimate thing was he had to decide whether or not 
you want to just remain there alone or go on an adventure with her like a hobbit. You know, he was he he was kind of just used to what was around. Like you right. know, that was his family's farm. And there is other speculation that maybe he had a wandering eye. That was something that got brought up. Like maybe his flirtation with other women uh, kind of bothered her because I think. She mentions at some point that as they got older together over the course of 10 years that he was kind of eyeing up younger girls again. And it's like, because they had met when she was like 20 and he was like 30, I think. So almost like us. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she she starts telling him like, you know, are you going to want to replace me? What, what What's going on here? Why are we coming at this impasse? Why can't we go and do something else if you really care about being with me? And that's, I'm, I'm all enough for you. But uh, aside from all the relationship drama, we've got this creature running around. We don't even know if it's real or not. It's leaving claw marks on the door. No one else is believing Hank that this shit's going on. But as Neko says at the end, you can either look at it as something in his head, because he's there at the dinner table with his girlfriend and some friends, and he's explaining what she just said about him deciding that he's going to go ahead and go out with her wherever she wants to go and just, you know, leave the house behind and then something happens. So you kind of let from what I'm reading on different reviews and whatnot whether or not this Did is Did she all, really come home? Right. Is it is he just trying to conjure up something to come cope, coping with what happened in his own way? Uh, did he do something nefarious to her and that's another way for him to cope with it? We don't know. Uh, or it could be literal, like what happens on the screen, maybe that's really what happened because you do get reactions from the rest of the people in the scene, but it's it's all up to interpretation. It's actually a very well-made movie. I'm not going to say it's like something I'm going to watch over and over again. It's kind of like Midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. Like, it's well-made, well-acted, and it has like an interesting backstory. But I don't know if I'd ever watch Midsummer again, and I don't know, because, like, it is kind of emotional. Yeah. Both movies are. Yeah. Uh, one is emotional in the sense that it's a little bit uh, tongue-in-cheek with Tammy and the T-Rex. Uh, but, you know, it, it's kind of cute because there's a scene at the end of Tammy and the T-Rex where... She's actually... Oh, no, I'm not talking about Tammy and T-Rex. I'm talking uh, After Midnight. Like, After Midnight, I don't know if I'd ever watch it again because you kind of, like, when you see the end of Midsummer and you see the end of After Midnight, you are left up to your own, you know, devices in your head, like, what exactly happened, and... Well, I think, I mean, for myself, I'm pretty sure I know what happened in Midsummer. Like, I, I understand that the girl in that film, like, had come to terms with, like, because the funny thing about that movie and even and even in a way after Midnight is that we always end up finding, like, reasons to dislike the boyfriend. Like, there's always some, like, reason for this. And so, like, Midsommar, we're left to believe, okay, well, this is, she's come to terms with this happening, but are we really feeling bad that it happened to the person involved? And, like, not really, not if he's really that shitty of a person to her. Like, okay. 
for me, I find it to be a little more gut-wrenching if something happens to somebody when they really don't deserve it. Well, I wonder, too. Like, we don't know what kind of person Hank was in um, After Midnight. Like, we, we see the allusion to flirtating, flirtating, flirting with other uh, people. But we don't, again, we don't even know if the whole ending where he, like, the whole last, like, ten minutes... We don't know if that's in his head, if that's right. real. I like to believe it's literal, and then it doesn't even show, like, if Hank lives or dies, because then, like, at the, the monster is there, and the monster's attacking, and then Hank, like, out of nowhere, like, he's been hunting this monster now for four weeks, and the monster comes in the house, and then Hank, like, kills it. Spoiler. Yeah, sorry. Spoiler. But it's been out since 2019, so... But I'm like yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of like the literal point of view with it. Um, it's fun to play the game of whether or not he's just coping with something he may have done uh, to the ex to the girlfriend. But I think it's a lot funner if you take it in a literal sense because of because he even states in his little uh, dinner speech that you know yeah I got fault yeah I probably fucked up I should have been more outgoing with you, didn't this and this. But I'm not fucking lying about the monster I've been fucking chasing down. He's telling, because uh, his girlfriend's brother is a cop who doesn't believe him, who's there actually kind of antagonizing him about trying to poke at him about the monster. Everyone in this, in this town doesn't believe it. So he's there, he's like, look, I don't care what you think about me in terms of everything else. I'm not lying about this. And, of course, we have the scene where the monster shows up and he kills it eventually. But uh, Which I think is pretty cool. But, uh, again, you can look at, watch the movie, figure out for yourself what, how you want to interpret it. Uh, I've read different things online with the reviews about how other critics look at it as not so literal. So it's one of those movies you can kind of have fun with in that kind of aspect. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of... The same thing with Inception, like, mm -hmm. how you want to interpret it. Me, I'm... Fucking Inception and fucking Bike Club, I've watched them many times, and it took me a long time to figure out what the fuck was going on, and I still don't know what the fuck is going on with Inception until <laughs> I realized, like, recently at the beginning, I'm like, oh, that old man is the guy, and... And and you're like, yeah, you didn't know that? I'm like, no, I didn't know that. And that's at the beginning of Inception, and he's, like, stuck because he was stuck. And I'm like, I can't do this back and forth shit. It's too confusing and whatever. Yeah, welcome to the age of mindfuck movies. Like Vanilla <laughs> Sky, all that shit. Oh, my God. We, I hate when I have to do, like, extra research on a movie. But, like, Fight Club's been around for how long, and how long did it take? How many times did I watch Fight Club? I talk about Fight Club all the time. How long did it take me to realize what was going on in Fight Club? And then I'm, like, looking back at all the scenes, and I'm like, how is it possible? Was he out in the parking lot beating the shit out of himself? I don't get it! Alright, let's get back into our music. A um, couple of bands in this uh, block from Grand Sounds Promotions and Inverse Records. Also got some Star One in there. Uh, kicking off though with the uh, <clears throat> Skyborn Dark Era.
makes violence, makes violence, makes violence, makes violence, makes violence, makes violence, makes This is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. Alright, this is DJ Neko. DJ Nimbus. We are back. We just heard Star One, Victim of the Modern Age. I actually really like that song. It was the first time I heard it, and I, I was looking at Anubis during the song, and I said, this is really fucking good. So, hats off to you, Star One. I loved that song. I want to get back into some news right now. Larry Flint, you know, of Hustler fame, passed away this week at 78, and I remember watching in the mid-90s, The People versus Larry Flint, and, you know, everything that you put into a movie is, like, overly dramatized, but one thing that kind of stuck, stuck out for me was, um, in the most unusual places, you will find people fighting for, you know, their rights, like, as in Twisted Sister going in front of Congress explain was it in front of Congress? Mm -hmm. or, yeah, yeah. Explaining, like, why they have the right to play the music. Well, Larry Flint's kind of like the same way. Like, my my stuff is not meant for children. It has a warning. a warning. I should be allowed. Just because you find it distasteful does not mean that other people will not want to consume it. And it was it was kind of interesting to see that movie. Everything's dramatized, of course. But he, um, when he was, was he shot? It yeah. was in the late 70s he was shot and he was paralyzed. Right. 
And ever since then, he he's had a, a slew of health problems, and um, recently he did succumb to his to his health problems. It was heart failure, and um, it's just kind of interesting to see how um, he took something like you know hustler and he made it into this huge huge thing and kind of like Hefner, yeah. yeah and he was a poor guy like he didn't have a lot of money and what i found really interesting was um for for larry flint honestly he really stood behind everything that he did and he didn't just take it like he didn't just say okay yeah well it's distasteful you're right my bad he really fought tooth and nail for what he'd done and he you know hustler was like the anti-playboy if you know hustler didn't care playboy wanted it to be nude, yeah nude but tasteful hustlers like we want to show full bush we want to show like full sex acts. everything and he's like it's an adult magazine we can put whatever we want in and and then they were trying to be funny they'd have like funny cartoons and i think the one that was kind of like the tip off was like the she-male cartoon where it was like a really big deal and that made people mad but he didn't care and the one thing that regular people even if you're not a fan of hustler what you really have to think about is this man was going he was fighting for your First Amendment rights. Yep. Like, yeah, you you may not think that his magazine was tasteable, but he's like, I have the right to put this out. Just like you have the right to put your Christian book or, you know, your nice, wholesome mommy cookbook out. These are our First Amendment rights, and you can't push back on me just because you don't like it. It's a matter of opinion and a matter of taste and style. And I he fought really hard for years over yeah, I that. Think the movie they made had Courtney Love and I think it was Woody Harrelson with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh yeah, so a couple of notes on all that, like and this is the interesting thing because as Neko put it, um you know, because he was fighting for your first minute right, uh, you may look at it and say, Well he was just like a, a smut guy, whatever, but it's deeper than that, and here's one reason why. The man that shot him uh, was known serial killer and self-proclaimed white supremacist Joseph Paul Franklin, who later claimed he was responsible for the shooting. At the time, Franklin said he carried out the act after seeing an interracial photo shoot published in Hustler. So here it is, an actual racist who had a problem with something that was in his magazine and went and shot a white guy because of that. So here's the thing. No matter what you feel about pornography and, you know, smut mags and all that, the reality is this guy put his life on the line for your First Amendment rights and to be able to put something out there, not only pushing the boundaries of interracial couples, but the fact that he was paralyzed because of that. So, And it was, it was one of the first, you know, to put out there interracial couples right. nobody it was like so taboo and he's from the south i think he's from kentucky maybe Am mm-hmm. I right? mm-hmm. so he it's really where he came from especially in the south like it's looked at as really 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 bad even a little bit now 
you don't you don't want to be interracial and i've known people who have gone through you know they're in an interracial couple they have a child who is product of the interracial couple and they go somewhere that's a little bit you know uh the bible belt so to speak and they feel like they've they're they're on Mars because the looks that they get and around here it's nothing like around in Baltimore it's I feel yeah like I feel like in Baltimore there's lots of people who are in interracial couples there's gay people there's straight people there's um, transgender there's it's just Baltimore is a bigger city you go to these smaller places and it's like whoa what the fuck are you doing? And then people actually have the nerve to react and say things directly to you when you're just trying to have lunch at Applebee's or whatever. So I find it interesting that Larry Flint was like, "Mm, I don't care. These two are going to make out and I'm going to put it in my magazine. And this is back in the 70s. So like, I I find it very interesting. And I, I think a lot of people get hung up on Larry Flint being a smut pusher when if you do a little bit of a deep dive you you see that he was really there to like show america this you know this is how america really is and if you want your first amendment rights you have to fight for them or you're going to get shut down i i really do respect how hard and how much work he put into his magazine and with the age of the internet he was you know they've got hustler clubs now and they've got mm-hmm. you know their he's got the hustler websites and Fact, it, i think he has a club down in baltimore mm-hmm. yeah so i know that porn is not everybody's cup of tea but you still want to be able to choose whether it is well, or isn't your cup of there's tea. some pornography out there that's just too much for me or you like some of it especially in this day and age uh, I think it's kind of lost its way. Like, if you thought... I feel like that, too. If you thought that porn was bad back in the 80s or 90s because you thought it was too much, to me now, it's a lot worse. Now, I'm not going to go out of my way and say they can't make these films because, you know, they're all grown-ups. They know what they're fucking doing. Yeah, it's it's a 18-plus website. You're allowed to, you know... Everybody's allowed to go and look look at it if they want to, but I feel like porn has gotten a little off the rails lately like it's gotten violent hasn't it yeah and, and gross but again like i can choose whether or not yeah, i want exactly. to take a part in that kind of stuff so you know for what doesn't work for me it works for someone else i mean as crazy it sounds but and that's just... what larry flint was saying he's like you may not like it but there are there is a market out there for it and you should not try to censor it yep so godspeed larry flint the Hustler King. Is that what... I mean, yeah. That's basically it. The Hustler King. He had a good life. Uh, I mean, come gone. on now. Oh, look at look at this picture of him with all these hot women. I think even in his later years, he's still... He was happy with still his... Still the Mac Daddy. All right. Well, our next uh, block of music, we have some new stuff from Corpse Worship. Some classic stuff from Napalm Death. But a band out of Honolulu, Hawaii, Ooh. contacted me via email. This band's called Drink from the Alawa. And Necro Automation is the track they sent me. So here we go. These guys are pretty damn good. So check them out. Enjoy.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you would find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you All right. All right. Sorry, time for the rock block here. The rock block. So, last week, my pick of the week was something that really surprised me that DJ Anubis didn't know until he realized it was in a movie that he and I both loved. And this week, I'm hoping this one will also surprise him, too. Um, I can say right now, I probably have not heard this. Um, I forgot about this song until, you know, right now I'm obsessed with This Is Us. So, I... She's obsessed. I'm obsessed. And if I'm, she gets obsessed with something, she'll just watch the shit out but of But see, it. the problem with This Is Us is it's so fucking emotional that, like, I'll watch it for, like, maybe one or two episodes. And I said this to him today because I was doing a little bit of work um, this afternoon and I was had that playing in the in the background and I looked at him I said we have to do something fun because like these episodes have been heavy so I was watching this is us and I heard this song and I'm like I haven't heard this song in probably 20 Forever. years so it was it was like a nice little reminder what else do we have coming up on the rock block so we have some Silk 9 from Curtain Calls, Void from Metal Devastation Radio. I have a track that was sent to me also by email by a band called The Airwaves. Uh, got Beck in there. This is a song that I really love from that particular album, which I really love that album, uh, Mellow Gold, which is the first one. So that's in there. Uh, also got Nichols Pick of the Week, of course, Void. Uh, and then we're going to kick it off with some brand new stuff from a band called Black Sky Giant. This is called Asteroid Hermit. And we'll be back in a few. Thank you. 
live life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar. Song two on the album. This is the album right here. Burn the album. Tonight the city is full of morgues, and all the toilets are overflowing. There's shopping malls coming out of the walls as we walk out among the manure.
Alright, we're back. Back. Pay No Mind from Mellow Gold. I actually really like that song. I forgot about it. I mean, Mellow back? Gold came out, what? 92? Yeah. Yeah. Early 90s. Maybe Early 94, to mid 90s. 94. And uh, that was back in the day when you would buy a CD and just play it on repeat and repeat and repeat. Not now. For some of us, it was still cassette, too. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, people are like, oh, I'll just go on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. But for us, the old people, we bought an album. Like, first of all, albums were not as easily accessible as they are now. Like, you could go online, go on YouTube, even go to the actual artists YouTube and type in a song and it's there for you to listen to we had to go to record stores preview the the selection then pay 25 bucks for a CD or a cassette or a record and that was kind of like our max that we got like a week it's like oh man I just worked and I made minimum wage all week and I'm gonna buy myself a treat on top of putting <laughs> yeah. gas in my car and whatever so you go to record and tape traders, you pick out what you want, and now everybody can just go to Spotify or YouTube. For some of us, it's like, oh, $100 left, got to pay car insurance, so that's like 80 need gas, it's another 20 but we'll just... We'll forget about car insurance for another week. We need two CDs. We need two CDs. Because we got a jam while we get, you know, cruising. That's the thing. We were cruising. And then you'd sit and listen to an entire album, you know, over and over. Because you'd have just one or two albums or something new. And you're like, this is all I have. This is literally all I have. And if you were to go way back in the Wayback Machine before you even had, like, I had a car with no tape player or CD player or anything, and all I had was the fucking radio. So when you bought a CD, it was like you'd sit in your room, and if you are back, you're going to be melancholy or whatever. You put on the song, you put on the, the CD, and you're like, I'm just going to lay here and enjoy myself. Yeah, it's like, as, a, as mid to late... 90s went on like I lost interest in a lot of the alternative rock stuff because it was just just like kind of like when it happened to the hair rock once you got to the B and C grade bands it didn't matter anymore but from Nirvana up until like 95 like I was really into a lot of the alternative stuff Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Beck of course a lot of these artists and bands that were out there Alice in Chains just eating it up and uh there's a lot of great music between that time frame that was put out there so that was one of those records that really just stood out to me i think i just i played the shit out of it all the time so i think i did too i uh and like i said i forgot about the song because it's kind of like one of those flip side songs where it didn't get a lot of attention mm-hmm the way that Loser did, or... Um... Right, you know, and I always found it interesting, because, like, you know, if you think back to Def Leppard's Hysteria, they had, like, four or five different songs that became, like, hits on that record. And that was one of the reasons why they were able to go three years of just touring for that album, because they just kept putting out hits and staying in the charts. And I was wondering, for Beck, like, he could have taken a number of those songs... Uh, now, some of them were kind of like, uh, the lyrics were kind of vulgar, but 
he had some other songs in there that really could have been easy hits. They just never did it. And I don't know. You know, it's kind of just one of those things. I mean, HFS used to play shit out of them, mm-hmm. of course. But uh, a lot of that stuff never really stuck. Uh, Loser was the biggest thing he had. And then, of course, he put out the next record, which had... Um, do, 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 whatever that, that uh, the new something... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like you know, he had already, that, probably because of the labels, pushing him to put out a new record by that point, but uh, New Pollution was the next hit that I remember him having. Uh, and he'd kind of grown up in his music writing at that point. And he's still putting stuff out. I haven't really heard anything in you know his recent catalog, but pretty uh, talented artist, uh, no matter way you, you slice it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your pick of the week. What do you have for us? So, as I was alluding to earlier, I've been watching this show, This Is Us, and it's totally um, pulling at your heartstrings kind of show. So, if you decide you want to watch it, you are in for an emotional ride. But the song that I picked this week was something that Rebecca sang because she was an aspiring artist when she was younger, and it was the 70s. And I forgot this song even existed, because it's not the type of song that you would expect Cat Stevens to sing. So, when I heard her singing Moonshadow, I'm like, how do I know this song? Like, I'm trying to remember, because i got to make sure I get my artist right, because sometimes I do mix them up. This is the same guy I did Captain a Cradle, mm-hmm. right? I'm pretty sure that's uh, the guy. No, um, that was uh, Harry Chapin. Uh, ah, Cat Stevens. Yes. Um, You're God. right. Harry Chapin was the one that did Cat I'm trying because there was a Cat Stevens song that I really liked. I just can't remember what it is. It's probably Father and Son or Wild Wild World. It's a wild wild. That's probably world. what it is. And um, I don't know if Cat Stevens ever covered. Cats in the Cradle? I mean, he might have, but, like, that was Harry uh, Chapin. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other Cat Stevens songs. Um, well, I rec- I've always recognized the name, so he clearly was popular enough to have radio hits. Uh, but I don't recognize the, the track that you chose, so... Yeah, I hadn't heard it in a long... But I know Wild Wild World is the one that you're... So wow, wow. Yeah, see, I remember that one. So, all right, I'm gonna pull it up real quick on his Wikipedia, like the songs that he was, I guess, most famous for. But all right, here we go. That's me reading. Um, he uh, oh my god, I'm terrible. Um, he, he is British, so that might also be why you haven't heard of a lot of his stuff, but, um, hold on. Anyway. anyway, so the song I picked this week was called Moonshadow, and I hadn't heard it in a long time until I watched um, This Is Us, and I was like, this is like such 
a beautiful and like haunting song and you know my mom was always into stuff like my mom has like very eclectic music taste as I do being it you know Black Sabbath or like fucking Aretha Franklin so she's always been and I've heard and I grew up with a lot of these songs so when I, I saw Rebecca on This Is Us singing this song, and I was like, how do I know this song? I thought at first, like, they might have put it in for the, the show, and I just, like, Googled Moon Shadow, and they said it was Cat Stevens. I'm like, yep, that's how I know this song. So this week, without further ado, we are going to listen to Cat Stevens' Moon Shadow. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, Audio Jump. Let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week. I'm being followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. And if I ever lose my hands, lose my plow, lose my land. Oh, if I ever lose my hands, oh, I won't have to work no more And if I ever lose my eyes If my colors all run dry Yes, if I ever lose my eyes Oh, I won't have to cry no more Yes, I'm being followed by a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow And if I ever lose my legs I won't moan and I won't beg Oh, if I ever lose my legs Oh, I won't have to walk no And if I ever lose my mouth All my teeth North and South Yes, if I ever lose my mouth Oh, I won't have to talk Did it take long to find me? Take long to find me And I 
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Retro, retro, worldwide. Worldwide? <laughs> DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Back with you, Meltdown Radio, Hordes of Chaos, episode 103. Getting to our retro DVD movie vault. This is something we talked about last episode that we were going to start doing. We're going to hit all... We have so many DVDs and VHSs in this house that we need to just watch some of our shit. Yeah, I already know, like, in a couple weeks which movie I'm going to go with because I haven't seen it in a while anyway. Uh, I know you haven't seen it, so it's going to be interesting to revisit. What are you picking? I'm not telling you. Well, I think, because my pick is this coming week, um, I either want to do Wayne's World or I want to do Ace Ventura, either one or two of either one of those. Yeah, I don't think we have Ace Ventura on DVD, so chances are it's going to be Wayne's World because we do have those. I, I am sure we have Ace Ventura on VHS, and we have a VHS player upstairs. Yeah, but we're not going to sit in there. and I don't think it's even hooked up at this point. Hey, hey. But it says DVD. It can be VHS, too. We still have VHSs. I still need to buy that thing. I know you love projects. DJ Anubis loves projects um, that involve... Um, Actually, maybe I'll go with another movie. There's so many Oh, no, he's like, it. I got so many to choose from. DJ Anubis loves uh, projects that involve things like... When I was traveling a lot, he would sit and put all of our DVDs that I like and put them on a hard drive for me. So there's this thing that is that there's many things, but there's a program slash converter for your VHSs to DVDs slash digital. And um, I know there are several D VHSs that we own, which you would hook the machine up to your computer, the computer would take the VHS, convert it to digital, then you could put it onto a DVD or whatever. And I know he would enjoy that because he likes that kind of stuff. But we haven't gotten around to buying that yet, so this week's retro DVD movie vault is... The Replacement Killers. Now, I had never seen it before. And the one thing I liked about it was it was fast-paced and it was not five hours long and there was a lot of action and you completely understood what was going on from the beginning i cannot stand when you're watching a movie like fight club <laughs> she doesn't like things you have to think too much about i know i'm i'm a simple person like that but what i really liked about the replacement killers so when i was in hong kong um I didn't get to go to this, but they had all the action stars from the Kung Fu era on this, like, the Walk of Stars, kind of like... Hollywood. We, yeah, like the Hollywood one, but they had it in Hong Kong, and I'm like, oh, somebody come to the Avenue of Stars with me, and nobody would go. So, and I know that uh, Chow Yun-Fat was part of it, like Jackie Chan, like Bruce Lee, like, I mean, anybody, they put all kinds of different stars, opera singers, anybody who made a big impact in the Hong Sorry, Kong. Yeah. yeah. So, 
we started watching The Replacement Killers, and I was all in immediately. It was very just boom, right to the point. It was witty. It was funny. There was lots of action, and I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, it's a 1998 film, late 90s. I remember when the trailers had come out that I was like, oh, I've got to go see this. Like, it was a must. Um, it stars uh, Chow Yun-Fat, as Neko said. Also has uh, co-star Mira Savino, uh, Michael Rooker, and a pretty good cameo at the time uh, of Danny Trejo as one of the mercenary uh, hitmen who comes in later in the film. But basically, Chow Yun-Fat plays uh, a gentleman from China who named John Lee who comes into, I think it was the States, and he, mm-hmm. he was put into work by uh, basically a Yakuza boss or whoever. It's not Yakuza, it's Chinese. So whatever the China the, the, well, yeah, gang. Whatever, it was like a drug lord of some sort uh, whose son had been killed by Michael Rooker who plays a cop. Now... John Lee is tasked to put a hit out on Rooker. Of course, there's some side story to that a little bit. Um, but eventually, Chow Young-Fat doesn't want to make the kill. So that's a big no-no. That means the bullet the target is now on his yeah, back. Yeah, Mr. Lee is not happy. But he also knows that his employer knows about his family in China. So he's going to try to do everything he can to get there to protect them. So... He goes to Mira Savina, who makes up false passports and whatnot and tries to get, but of course, the guy uh, who is employing him is tracking him down as fast as possible, so there's this, like, big shootout in her home. Uh, They kind of bicker each other uh, here and there because she doesn't know whether or not she can trust him. She doesn't want all the drama or the headache of him getting her shot at by Wei, who is the main uh, employer. So, in all the midst of this, Rooker's also trying to chase what John Lee is, basically a ghost, because he's an assassin. And they know of him, but they don't know who he is. But they now know that he's involved in the character Mira Savino plays. So, uh, they spend the movie uh, trying to get uh, more money and stuff to make another passport. He has a, a friend who's a monk. Uh who was able to give him his passport, but he needs a new picture. So it's just a lot of, like, Mr. Wade chasing him down with his own thugs, as well as these two hitmen now who are tasked with not only killing him, but finishing the job that he didn't do with Rooker. Uh, As Neko said, it's very fast-paced. It doesn't really beat around the bush. You get into the action right away. It's directed by John Woo, who's done stuff like Face Off and stuff like that. So... He's very good at making action. I think Hard Boiled is also not chugging up fat movie he did. Uh, so he's well known within the action community uh, as far as directing is going. The The movie just moves along. And in some cases, it's a little heartfelt. There's an interesting thing that I've always thought about this movie is that at the end, like you can tell that Servino's character cares about John Lee. And you think that maybe that there's like this chance for a romance but it never really flourishes so I don't know if it's always going to be viewed at more as a friendship, a deep friendship or that if she really wanted more out of it um, it's just one of those interesting things they never actually get to that point but there's 
clearly some caring between both characters. Uh, but I always found that interesting. I'm kind of glad it never went that route because it was kind of like... It would have muddied the story. Right, it just would have made things a lot more weird. Because um, I'm not even sure if the chemistry is really there for that. They seemed more like partners because Mina right. Serrero was like a badass herself. Yeah. She was always loaded and she was known to do these secret passports kind of in the underground and... That's how Mr. Way's people found her so fast. They were like, oh yeah, we know that this chick does these. And she knew that she dealt with a shady crowd. So when they came knocking at her door, she already had a gun waiting. She knew what was up. And I am glad, like you said, though, they didn't do this like love story on top of it. They were more like partners. And, you know, Lee, Chow Yun-Fat, he was... Uh, he was in fear of his family's life back in China because he owed this to Mr. Wei. And because of that, he was trying to get back to China to, like, protect his family. And that's where the whole, like, passport thing kind of, like, got all... And, and, and eventually, like, we have to kind of get into spoilers here because... Well, it's from 1998. It, it plays a, a certain uh, angle in this because one of, the, one of the key moments is they go to an arcade so that they can use one of those photo booths to get him a new picture for the passport that she's going to make up. Now, Servina's character dislikes cops altogether. She has bad history with them. Uh, she really doesn't like him. Of course, when John Lee tells her that he was tasked to take care of Rooker, Rooker's cop character, uh, Savannah's like, oh, you're getting shot at and almost killed for a cop? Why? And it turns out that Way, the drug lord, is wanting him to kill Rooker's son while he's in his arms or next to him or whatever to send a message because of the his own son dying now. It should be noted that Wei's son was much older and basically running the drug business on his own at some point, or at least a portion of it. Uh, of course, the circumstances of uh, Wei's son dying is a lot different. It, this, the kid for Rooker is like seven years old, I think. Yeah, it was a little boy. Yeah, and that's sort of the dilemma that John Lee uh, faces when trying to kill him because he's just, as he told the bookkeeper, you know, the boy's at an early stage of his life, whereas Wei's son was already well beyond that. And so that's how he looked at it. But he knows John Way explained to Mira that uh, did I say John Way or did I say John Lee? Lee. Lee uh, explains to Mira's character that Mr. Way goes through people's families to get to them. Like he doesn't really kill you; he kills people around you. And so that's the biggest thing driving John Lee is that he's trying to protect his sister and his mother. Uh, from the wrath that Wei's going to have. And that's finally when there's this understanding that Mira understands the character. I forget her name in this. I should know it, but I forget it. Um, but she starts to understand this, and that's why there's this like bond becoming between them that you start to notice. Uh, but there's also some funny moments in it. Uh, as you said, Mira's character is very strong. Uh, there's a one guy who I think I've seen in the Boondock Saints later on. Mm -hmm. I think it was the second movie, the Spanish guy. Uh, very funny dude. Uh, he plays a gangster a little bit. Uh, talks a lot of shit. And he's got a sense of humor about him that makes the film work as far as like comic relief is concerned. 
Uh, there's some other familiar faces in there that you'll see with the henchmen. Uh, that you've seen in other uh, action movies as baddies. Again, top of my head, I can't name them, but very familiar faces. And uh, ultimately, the action is top notch. Like it's just really good. The acting's good. And as she said, uh, it's not super long, so it's it's going to be a very quick ride. It'll for keep you. your attention too. Like I've I've noticed with some movies that Anubis likes, like Lord of the Rings, um, <laughs> they're five hours long, and I can't like even. I've tried. I've really tried. And we always make a joke, like, if I can't fall asleep, he turns on Lord of the Rings and I fall right asleep. It's. it's I, just, I just find with Neko, it depends on a movie, because I know for a fact that The Departed is not a very short movie. No, it's not, but it's fucking amazing! <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's not a short movie. But it just all depends. Like, you know, like we talked about earlier in the episode... There's some B-movies that I've tried to show her that she's like, this is the worst fucking shit ever. I have no interest in this. And then I show her Tammy and T-Rex, and she's like, this is the greatest fucking thing on the planet. Well, it was funny. Like, certain movies really get me. Like, The Departed. You would never think that that would be my movie. And I'm like, fuck yeah, The Which is why, when we watched The Gentleman, I thought she would enjoy that, because it has a kind of silhouette. And I was, like, not interested. She just had no... But then I like Eastern Promises, probably because I get to see a naked roundhouse kick from... Vigo. Vigo. (laughs) Who's in Lord of the Rings, by the way. I know he is. (laughs) But the naked roundhouse kick aside, Eastern Promises is kind of a parallel to The Departed, even though The Departed is like an hour longer than Eastern Promises. But certain movies really, really get me. Eastern Promises. It just depends the on Departed. The Watchmen's very good. It's Watchmen, long. that's a long one, and I love it. Remember? So, for Anubis's birthday one year, I found a bound edition, special edition of The Watchmen that it's all the comics put into this nice, beautiful... So I sat and I watched The Watchmen and I went through the comic like as it was going on then when I hit something that wasn't in the movie I'd pause the movie and like read and then I'd you know hit play again. Um, I don't know I guess I'm a weirdo because I like I like Cable Guy and... Well a lot of people like Cable Guy. I know but I'm just thinking of like all the weird movies that I like. I Hey I like The Replacement Killers. I'm glad you showed it to me but I love... I, I love a lot of action and kung fu type movies, even if they're all like, you know, kind of old and dated. You know what I mean? What, what was the one that we watched recently? The um, the Cub. Oh, Lone Wolf with Cub. Yeah, yeah. love Lone Wolf Wolf with Cub. Love. And then I started. We were watching all the because it's a a series, and I'm like. All of these sayings are in Wu Tang songs, and I'm like, yes, this is so good. I, I do really, really enjoy action movies. Um, I mean, come on, Last Action Hero, all all those little like things like that. But yeah, I I did not dig the gentleman like you thought I would. I thought it was okay, but it wasn't like mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's kind of weird because I saw it and I'm like, I need to own this. Like it was just immediate. And, uh, but, you know, it's not for everybody, as she said. You know, it doesn't really connect with her in any particular way. Anyway, uh, this is kind of a cool thing to do. I'm excited to see if we're going to go with Wayne's World or not next week. She may change her mind, so we'll see how it goes. I'm going to go and open up our cabinet. 
It, hey, it could be the notebook. So there. Uh, let's not do that to the people. <laughs> My review will be scathing. No, because then you'll see me over there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, this will be a lot of fun, though, because I think it is time we kind of go back and rewatch some of these things, because, like, why else get them if we're not going to Yeah, we've them? been collecting them for years, and... I generally make myself a habit, though, because, like, when I had recently saw, like, a year ago, the last John Wick movie, I just went and bought them all when they came out on DVD, and, like, watch them all like i do that with like the born uh born series uh oh, die hard love love the Born. i bought you die hard one two and three when we first got together for christmas that was before like the other ones came out and you had just made a passing comment um this is before we even lived together or anything he just made a passing comment like i really like die hard i'd like to own the die hard series and that's what i got him for christmas when we first started dating and Die Hard is pretty fucking awesome. I mean, let's let's be honest. <laughs> yep. I mean, we just have a lot of stuff in there that I've I really like. There's a lot of martial arts stuff um, that I want to revisit, and we'll just see how it goes. You know, we're gonna alternate week to week, so she'll she may end up picking something that I'm already thinking of, maybe not. I want to go comedy this week since mm-hmm. we went action. So whatever I pick is gonna be a comedy. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, it could be Hot Fuzz, it could be Friday, it could be Wayne's World, it could be Ace Ventura, um, it could be anything. I want to pull out a comedy that, especially one that we, we quote to each other all the time, and all of those fall, uh, Grandma's Boy. I think we have, like, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. I mean, we have all these comedies that we watch all, we have all the Austin Powers, too. Mm -hmm. We could, it could be any of those. Yeah. And I do want to, I want to go the comedy route because, you know, this week was action. I'll do comedy. He might pull out another action flick or, or maybe horror a horror or, yeah. or what is that movie with Brad Pitt and uh, Robert Redford and Spy game. yeah, yeah, that's one we got to hit up too. Cause that's a fucking awesome movie and I haven't seen it in a while. And I was actually just talking to a coworker about it and I'm like, what is the name of that movie? It was so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I really liked that movie a lot. Um, that one caught me off guard. Didn't know anything about it before I watched it. And I think she was with me when we watched it. I'm like, this is really good. <laughs> so we have a lot of stuff in our arsenal to choose from. I mean, a lot of stuff. So. I think I think one week my choice is going to be Cool Hand Luke because I want people to watch do I we want, have it on DVD? I, I will buy it because it's, <laughs> it's an older movie. It, it stars my mom's boyfriend, Paul Newman. Um... Loves Paul. Loves Paul. Loves. If you want to, like, my mom's uh, celebrity crush, Paul Newman. And uh, the part where he eats all those hard boiled eggs just fucking cracks me up. But so there's so many things that you could go to. But I think you made an excellent choice for our first DVD vault because this is something awesome martial arts. Yeah, I enjoy it because, like, a lot of times we sit down every night, like, we're. In the middle of this like docu series that we'll talk about next week, but I, I always want to like see stuff that I haven't seen. I'm like I, I kind of like a sponge like that because I say to myself, we get on we get on our Netflix or Prime or Shutter and we're like looking through things, and I'm like, yeah, those are really good movies. I've seen them though, but then like I'm saying to myself, I like those movies for a reason. So like one of my all time favorites, The Crow. So at some point I've got to go back and watch it just because I love it that much. And so that may be something down the road again. That or Brotherhood of the Wolf. 
which I know she's not a big fan of, it's she can appreciate terrible. some things it's about it. It's just too long. <laughs> that's her, her gripe with that. But you know what? She may end up appreciating it more second time or third time around because, you know, time has passed. So the I story always, itself is very cool. Sometimes I worry, though, about revisiting things that I haven't watched in a while. Like, I, I built it up in my head for so long, and then I watch it, and I'm like, this isn't as good as when I remember it. Like, that that scares me, because I do have a couple Sometimes. of... I have a couple of movies like that that I haven't watched in a long time, and it... They, like, I'm just waiting for The Princess Bride to show up. <laughs> that one I can watch over and over again, and... That one will be down the road because I know you've seen it recently and I've seen it recently. I'm thinking of stuff I haven't seen in a yeah, while. I've, I've, I've got to go through and like, okay, I haven't watched this in a while. The Princess Bride is, is like one of my sick movies. It, it, it's, it happened when I was a kid. My grandmother, you know, put that movie on for me when I was sick one time and it just kind of <laughs> stuck. So, but... We'll find something good for next week, but I'm going the comedy route. So this week, when it's my choice, whatever I pick is going to be a comedy. He went martial arts action. I'm going comedy for next week. Sounds like a good plan. Going to have a lot of fun. I like what we're doing here. So. I do, too. All right. Into the music. New stuff from Portal of Pazuzu, as well as Devotion. And we got some class stuff from Blighted Science, but here's that Devotion track, God Forlorn.
Gary gets sick of that fucking liner. And John, all. too! <laughs> that was after John... Our our basement steps can be deadly, and John was... was he Drunk what? off his ass. I will not say that, but like... No, I've, he was drunk off his ass. I've slipped down those steps many, many times. Yeah, he just he hurt himself a little bit. He twisted his little ankle, and then he was mad at himself for twisting his ankle, so he went outside to smoke, and then he left. Yeah, like, no, he Like, he didn't was, even uh, say goodbye. Yeah, he was, uh... You know, very, uh, he wasn't, like, mad at us. Like, he was just mad at himself. He's yeah. like, God damn it. And then they went outside to have a have a cigarette, and then they left. So, anyway, when we went to do the liner, he was with his lady, and they were upstairs doing something. And so the guys handled all the liner duties. And, of course, Ben, the bassist, like, threw in. And John, because <laughs> he wasn't there. So <laughs> it made it kind of funny. It was enjoyable, for sure. And we really enjoyed having them here. Always. It was fun. Always. All right, so a couple of quick news bits to get to before we jam into some more music. Uh, I'll let Neko take over this one since it has more to do with. It girls. has more to do with me. Yeah, I ain't done. Actually, it. both of them have to do with her in some way. So, I was telling Anubis um, about this this lady who she ran out of her hairspray and she decided to use Gorilla Glue the spray adhesive kind and it looks like hairspray like it's in and he was like no nobody nobody would do that no nobody could be that stupid so she did and her hair stayed in the hairstyle for a month they tried using like acetone everything they could to unstick this hairdo and it would not come out and apparently think about that for a minute folks an entire month would have to go by before you really get any answers. Like, I would already be in the ER if I had something like that. Yeah, right. I would have been like, I'm like, now. something's wrong. I put this shit in my hair and I realized that it's a big mistake, but now I need to fix it. But she had her hair styled, like, really slicked close to her head in a ponytail that she couldn't even, like, shave her head to get the hair. Because it was, like... Bam! It was like shellac to her head. So, everybody's like making fun of her, and we kind of were too. Like, who the fuck puts Gorilla Glue in your I mean, hair? Look, it, it is a sad situation, but let's be real here. Like, you, you just, common sense has to play a factor in everything. And I'm not, I'm glad that she's gotten it worked out. There was a surgeon that got her fixed up, and it's all good, but... The story itself is, because it's so unbelievable, that's what makes it funny. Because we just don't realize, as people, some of the dumb shit that we do. And I'm not even saying I haven't gone through my life and done some stupid shit. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback that by saying, women, we have done weird shit with our hair forever. And... Yeah, you dyed your hair the wrong color at one point. I know, right? Like, I went and I used it over and over. I dyed my hair like four times in one day. The Gorilla Glue thing, I think, to her defense, we've put women, men too, but we've used regular, like, Elmer's glue, which is water-soluble. But I don't think she realized that Gorilla Glue was an industrial-strength glue. And it's... 
the Gorilla Glue spray adhesive. So when you like kind of think about it, you're like, oh, how, how strong can this be? Well, it's so strong that it, it stuck your hair together to your scalp. And I think, um, I think what she, her reaction at first was, okay, it's nice and slick. It's not so bad. Whatever, you know. And then when she realized, like, when she tried to wash it out, that it, like, because Gorilla Glue is waterproof. <laughs> when she tried to take a shower, when she tried to use, uh, at, like, different adhesive removers and it wasn't working, that's when she started panicking. And thank God that after a while she got to go to a plastic surgeon who could fix it. And I know it's not even, like, it's not funny, but it is. And, like, I don't want to make fun of this woman because I've done stupid shit with my hair over and over and over. I mean, I killed my hair and had to have the tiniest pixie cut. And I don't even know if you've ever seen pictures of me with hair uh, not much longer than what you have right now. I've done it. We are all, we as women are all guilty of, of some hair disasters and she probably has never used industrial strength glue so she doesn't realize how strong industrial strength glue can be i mean when they say it's waterproof or like this gorilla glue a lot of times you can spray it and it's like automatically adhesive and waterproof within like i don't know 10 minutes, minutes. Yeah. so this poor woman she thought she was being slick she thought she was going to have, like, a really awesome hairdo that lasted all night, and instead it lasted a month. I I feel bad for her, but who I don't feel bad for is Len Martin, who is a man and who has thought she was lying. He thought that she was doing all this for attention. So then he decided he was going to get Gorilla Glue and stick a solo cup to his lip. So he put the Gorilla Glue adhesive on the solo cup and it got stuck to his lip and he had to go to the fucking emergency room. After a month... So he's, he's like, she just made a, a probably an honest mistake. Yeah, whereas she was just, he's just being, he's being a fucking moron. Yeah, like, he was, he, he didn't believe her. Like, she was out there like, guys, listen, this shit is stuck. Again, as a woman, I put weird shit in my hair. We all have. We've all done crazy shit. She probably has never used industrial strength adhesive. This guy thought she was lying, so he was trying to make fun of her, right? Like, he was trying to tease her, make fun of her. He did the Gorilla Glue Challenge, and he stuck a solo cup to his lip, and he ended up in the emergency room. So, lesson be, be, be to everyone. Gorilla Glue is really, really strong. Just FYI, we've used it. A lot of people use it for things around the house. Like if you're putting down, you know, vinyl tiles, if you're putting up wallpaper, Gorilla Glue is the real deal. It's not just Elmer's glue. It is not water soluble. Please do not follow the directions of these people. Don't put it in your hair. Don't put it on your lips. Don't put it on your hands and like glue your hands together or you're going to be sorry.
we we've learned this lesson when we discovered super glue. You just don't. Oh, I was. It. I used to dick around with super glue all the time. Gorilla glue is like super glue on steroids. Right. Don't do it. So, I I know, I don't like making fun of people and kind of like thinking, oh, she's an idiot. But this poor woman had no idea what she was in for. She had never used an industrial strength glue before. And again, as I reiterate, we women, we put glue in our hair sometimes for hairstyles, especially if they're like fancy hairstyles. We'll put shit in there to hold it all night. And it is literally glue. But Gorilla Glue is like the next level. Yeah, Just for, don't do it. Yeah, make sure you're reading contents of the bottle and can to make sure you're not like it, it, it'd be like me going into our bathroom at night and not turning a light on and grabbing a bottle of what i think is aspirin and like it's something else that i shouldn't be taking mm-hmm. uh you just have to be careful of stuff like that and she learned a very valuable mistake there luckily it didn't like it didn't kill, kill her, her or something even worse. I, I don't they they don't show any pictures of what she looks like afterwards but she had very long hair and they probably had to cut it all very short and yeah. she again like a lot of times when you um you see people who maybe have like a really bad knot or something in their hair or they are their dreadlocks are getting out of control they'll just shave their she couldn't even shave her head because the hair was glued to her scalp yeah like that's that's, that's the problem like the hair was actually stuck to her scalp and I, I can imagine it'd be kind of scary for her too so but then we have this asshole who thinks she's lying and trying to get people to right. like feel sorry for her he's like yeah gorilla glue it's not that bad mm-hmm. and then he glues a fucking solo cup to his lips and he ends up in the er people yeah really so in other news hbo max which is becoming a pretty hot commodity we're right loving now. hbo max um you know obviously we're waiting for godzilla versus kong and mortal kombat which will probably be going to hbo max too when it gets released uh you know, just like Netflix and Prime and all them who are starting to do their own original original uh, uh, shows, HBO Max is getting in on it as well. Um, same with Disney Plus. They've been doing it with The Mandalorian and WandaVision and stuff like that. But HBO Max, and don't tell me why they've decided to do this or why they're coming up with the plan, but they want to make an adult-oriented cartoon show Sort of like in the vein of Adult Swim, if you ever remember... Eon uh, Flux. Pickles, uh, you know, or... Yeah, Eon Flux, stuff like that. Focusing on the character of Velma from Scooby-Doo. Like, it's being an adult-oriented show. Now, I don't know what it exactly means that they were going to do with the show. Like, how it's going to be... Like, the storylines, I don't know. Uh, supposedly they've confirmed the voice will be done by Mindy Colleen from The Office. In the Mindy, sh- uh, yeah, the Mindy. Yeah. Uh, and she also serves as executive producer on the show. Now, the thing is, like, they say fans have long applied adult connotations to Scooby-Doo Universe. Um, I don't know, they supposedly... Because of Daphne and the sexuality or whatever, but I don't know. Like, Apparently, uh, Velma... She's a. She's always been the nerdy one. Now, of course, 
when it comes to like you know the porn up and stuff like that she's actually one that's been used in, in porn uh parody stuff and it's quite good <laughs> so much so that neko cosplayed for me one time oh my we're gonna talk about this <laughs> well i think it was funny because everybody thinks i look like velma right that's why you did it and it was a surprise and i was like oh yeah i can see it now <laughs> yeah everybody thinks i look like velma with the red hair and the bangs and the nerdy glasses and i was like scooby yeah he was <laughs> <laughs> So when he tells me about this, I'm like, really? Like, I, I was talking to a guy friend of mine, and I said, it's crazy. Like, everywhere I go, everybody thinks I look like Velma. I went through the drive through at Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee, and the dude at Dunkin' Donuts is like, do you know who you look like? You look like Velma from Scooby-Doo. I'm like, yep, heard that before. And so I tell my guy friend, and he's like, yeah, Velma is like kink. Everybody loves Velma. Screw Daphne. Velma's the kinky one. And I'm like, I don't even, where is this coming from? Like, right. <laughs> Velma's the sexy one, and she's the nerdy one with the, the fucking turtleneck, and she always loses her glasses, which I do, by the way, all the time. And I'm like, how is she the, the sexy, kinky one? Yeah, right. Uh, but apparently, like, they they make a quip in this article from... ARSTechnica.com It says If you want any hint about how far Warner Brothers animation might take the concept Look at the animated Harley Quinn series In HBO Max Whose F-bonds, gratuitous gore, and shameless sex jokes Are proof that Warner Brothers Gutter can reach serious deaths So I think there's a little bit of sarcasm in there So they're probably just kind of confused as we are As why they would be doing this But yeah, it's okay. I mean, we're adults. Uh, and this, this is it, meant for adults. Right, it's not meant for kids. And uh, that's kind of the way it should be. But we'll see how this progresses. It's only kind of like an idea right now. So So is, are you going to watch this and then you're going to be like texting me and be like, <laughs> Hey, baby, uh, why don't you get that Velma yeah, why don't outfit you get that out? Going? I'm going to rock it until our socks are off. Wear, wear, your, wear your Velma Highs We're gonna that. shaggy it away. Hey. <laughs> so it was. It was actually kind of. It was last year's Valentine's Day that I bought all this stuff, and he's like, "Mm-hmm." Mm -hmm. I have nothing planned for this Valentine's Day because I'm still healing, and I don't want to, you know, fuck with my mouth. Yeah, we're uh, we're all just kind of just. We're taking it easy. We're taking taking it easy through the snowstorms right now even though it's melting just about as fast as it's coming down which is good i saw that in a week or so it's gonna be in the 50s so i'm happy about that well then i'll uh, after after my oral surgery has healed maybe i'll you know use my mouth in places that yeah we're getting a little bit graphic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get back to some music right, is anubis blushing no mm -hmm. of course not here we go, more music for you to enjoy.
Shepard, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Shake, shake, what's the ground? 
Alright, Grave All right. Shadow. DJ Neko. DJ Nubis. Getting ready to close out episode 103. It's been a fun one. A lot of good stuff to talk about. I feel like we had so many things that we watched and went over and we're like, oh my god, we just, we want to share so much with you, but like... We only have so much time. Yeah, right, and we're already doing like super long episodes and we're happy that you're listening, but like we can't be like, hey, listen for 12 hours because we want to tell you about every movie that we've watched. Yeah, as you know, we try to make it as entertaining as possible. I know the one time that I actually did a live show for my top 100 metal songs years ago took me nine hours to complete, and I wasn't really even talking that much in between tracks. I was just kind of counting them down and going, say a little thing here or there, but I was keeping it rolling, but it took me nine hours just for that. So the point is, is like... Thank you for listening. Right. uh, You know... With Neko here, it's easier to, to spitball back and forth. And, and I talk too much, so, yeah. No, we, that. that's not what I'm saying. Just <laughs> We explain things better. It's either because, like, you'll say things that will tell me, oh, yeah, that's right, I remember that scene, or I do vice versa. Uh, well, Neko is here to stay for a while. Uh, so yeah, quite we'll, a while. So we are going to we'll be, be at this. partners for a while. So you get used to it. I know you all love her anyway, because whenever she's gone, my, my numbers drop. <laughs> so y'all love her better than me. That's okay. I can live with that. I'm gonna go kill myself. No, no. just kidding. Uh, yeah. But so we're gonna we obviously try to mix things up and do new things like the retro DVD vault stuff. So hopefully y'all enjoy that part of it. Uh, special shout out to Kevin Tarrant, our biggest fan. He's our number one fan. I, I didn't realize we had a number one fan until he started commenting on everything, and I'm like, I love this guy. Yeah, the reality is, when you guys go to that Podbean website, you can actually make comments on that. I think it's mainly only on the app, because I think, because even when I go to the website, I can't do it via the website. I have to go on the app to make a reply, so... But yeah, if you guys have... And on Facebook, we get a lot of good feedback. Especially, yeah, yeah. especially from our buddy Nuno. Yeah, Nuno, uh, Michael Blake, uh, better known as Edgar Allan Poet. Uh, you know, just... And all of, the, all, of course, all the, the labels and promotional sites that we work with, they're always thankful. Uh, and then, of course, other fans that tune in. But Kevin, you know, you've been a big supporter and been... Giving us a lot of feedback. I love I the like. feedback. That that's which what I, I want to hear. Which I will add is like one of the things we always push is if you've got certain artists or certain songs that you want us to play. Like if you say, "Look, man, I really love this song. I'd love to hear it on your next podcast. If you can get in before we do the podcast, like right now, this one we record on like a Saturday won't be aired or put on the site till about Tuesday or Wednesday, but." Between now and then, you get me a song that you want to hear. Or even a topic. If you want to hear us talk about, like, you know, I don't know, uh, our favorite pies. Like, if you say, hey. Well, it doesn't have to be that. But any kind of thing, any topic, any song, any artist, if you have any input, please tell us because we are open. And Well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, you know, because I do have promotional sites and whatnot that get a hold of me and send me stuff... If you have friends in local bands and whatnot that want to like get aired, as long as you think it, I can't always make promises. Only in the sense that if I don't feel like, say, a certain song fits the format, and we're pretty wide open, so the chances of that happen almost nil. 
Uh, but if you have friends and bands that want airtime, dude, we don't charge anything for this. We we encourage it. Right. In fact, we want we want. So even if they play like rock, I can find a place in the rock block to put it. It's not a big deal. Uh, metal obviously is not very hard at all. So, Kevin, like you know, if you've got stuff that you want to kind of like help out some friends, or you know, an artist that we haven't played or doesn't haven't played in a while and want us to play, feel free to give us feedback. You do it anyway, so might as well just give us more if you want. Uh, and this goes for anybody. Like we want feedback. We're gonna try to work on some bands that give us more liners and stuff. I know Neko hasn't really had the time to do that recently, but we're going to be getting in on that a little bit. So we're, we're going to try to mix things up as we go along, but uh, for now I think we got a pretty good format. We try to bring you some of the more interesting topics, movie reviews that we can. Uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys are enjoying what we're putting out there for you. We, uh, we're not the greatest at this. We know this. Uh, there are certainly better broadcasters out there that are more professional in a sense that they have a lot more to work with in terms of uh you know studio and the type of equipment they use but you know for some for a couple that use this out of the bottom of the basement we're pretty good at it and we're, we're very dedicated to it so there's no going beyond that all we want to do is create exposure for especially a lot of local bands, bands yeah. anybody who wants exposure. I, I, I hate using local because we have friends from all over the world who send us things that we're like, yeah, we'll definitely play it. But well, yeah, like Nuno is you know from P Portugal, I believe. So like, I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Portugal. I thought he's from Brazil. Brazil, maybe it's, uh, he speaks. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the point is, he's not in America. So, he's not in me. He's not our next door neighbor. Right, and you know some of these bands that I get people either contacting or whatever are not local, so we're more than happy to play it. You know, there there are cases when I've had to say, well, okay, this isn't really going to fit because it's just a little bit too poppy or um, doesn't really fit what we're doing here. And, but like I said, the, it, it's a real rarity when I can't use something that someone sent me. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. So, obviously, if you, Kevin, or, you know, whoever's listening, if you got something you want to hear specifically, I can certainly try to get in the show. Uh, just let me know ahead of time. Usually, if you get it to me between, basically, between Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's going to more like show end up on the show because by Friday or Saturday is when Neko and I do the re recording for the next podcast. So And we really enjoy this. I mean, even when I was traveling and I wasn't part of this with DJ Anubis, it was kind of like an uplifting part of my week because I would turn it on while I was working in the shop and I'd hear his voice and I'd hear all this music and it would just just bring a smile to my face i i hope this brings a smile to your face and i hope some of our silly little comments and silly little you know news stories make you happy we i know sometimes we get a little heavy but this week we did not we talked about a girl who used glue by accident in her hair we want to just yeah, we know, entertain you we know there's like you know the politics out there and everything else but you know we try to also provide escapism, escapism from that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
that's what we all here for. So hopefully with our reviews and some of the topics we choose, it, we're kind of just lightening it up a little bit, enjoying for your week, whatever you're doing, working or whatever. So thank you all again for your support. It means a lot to us. I know it's not like the, like I said, it's not the best podcast out there. But you won't find two individuals who aren't more dedicated to helping out. High five. High five. Um, one last track for you. This band actually, I, I, it kind of been on my radar for the last few months. I just just never found a way to get it worked in. Uh, Metal Devastation Radio did send it to me. Uh, I already had it, but they sent it to me anyway. But apparently, I don't know if they won it on Metal Devastation Radio, uh, radio their site or not it they won a battle of the bands so that's why i'm going to go ahead and play them not that they were bad anyway but i just had to finally work it in there it's a band called diabology and uh the the song i chose is ember to ash and they're pretty cool they're fun uh they did win this battle of bands i don't know how big it was when was this i don't know i just was reading about them after uh NDRP sent me the, the album. I love hearing about Battle of the Bands. Remember when Mikhail won their Battle of the Bands? Right. It just, we so actually went there. Yeah, we were we didn't, there. We didn't, we didn't know the final results until afterwards, but we were there to see them. It's so exciting to see when you know bands win their Battle of the Bands. And you know that just shows the kind of support that you have with your fans. Yeah. And uh, it's cool that these guys went out there because they were probably playing against a lot of different bands. So I know Metal Devastation Radio is a lot bigger product, so they had probably a lot more bands involved. But uh, I'm pretty sure it was through them. It was some sort of battle of bands with you know regards to them. Mm-hmm. But here's Diabology, Ember to Ash, and we will see you all next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. <laughs>